This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. On the opening night of the NFL season, what the heck is going on? We had baseball, we had basketball, we had the NBA, we had the WNBA. I think there was, um, maybe there was there soccer going on today? Like today's the most like ridiculous day in sports history. I know, it's like this football season. And the just, NHL. I forgot about the yeah, NHL. How can yeah. I forget about the oh. NHL? All my, uh, all our Canadian friends are, are going to be frustrated with that. But yeah, all, all of them for the first time ever in the history all play on the same day. Yeah, I was like totally snuck up in, on me today. Like I was just thinking for football, Sunday, 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 right? And then <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like driving to work and I'm hearing on the radio about the game tonight. And I'm like, oh man, I checked out the first quarter because I really wanted to tune into the Giants game because, you know, and well, I know I should should went back to football. Uh, Giants, they they felt a little tight out there today. They felt yeah, a little tight. They, they, yeah. they, 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 but let's let's hope they, they got three more, three more yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, six more games actually with this with the Padres, right? Well, the Padres are so good, <laughs> and then three more with the A's. Like, oh yeah. gosh, you know, yeah. so it's gonna be. They're gonna have to play very well. To, they're gonna have to earn this playoff spot. Definitely. It's not gonna be given to them. Definitely. So, um, yeah, watched a little bit of the football game. Uh, just I. Didn't even realize they had fans there. Like what they said, they were able to put fifteen thousand in there, or something like that. Yeah, like something like twenty percent of the stadium, I think. I I recommend future games not showing any of the crowd shots because people do not know how to wear a mask correctly. Yeah, at a game. It's, it's pretty bad. I mean, we we gave the WWE uh, people and then the AEW folks a little bit of crap for not being super responsible, but this is this was like n- not even close. This was just <laughs> irresponsible. It was like one person responsible, second person below the nose third person no mask at all like it's just like i, I don't I, all I, one pers- shot all yeah. one shot like personally I don't, I don't think they should do it uh, they they shouldn't do it unless they get you know the they they have this thing under control not, not even under control if you want to do the the fans and you're you're playing the percentages with it being outdoors you're only grouping families and every every family is six feet away from the next family I get it. I, I understand it. I don't think it's 100% safe, but you have to follow up and make sure that these people wear their masks. Like, yeah. you know, if they're not wearing their masks, then why, why are they, you know, you, they, they can't be there. So, yeah, I, I think the NFL, not only did they look bad because uh, the fans booed when the teams kind of got got together and, and held and held arms together, but then you see the goofiness with the mask and it's just like either do it a hundred percent or don't do it. Like I mean, like the 49ers on Sunday are not going to have any fans whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Some of that is because we're in California versus, you know, in uh in Kent yeah. And so it, it's just 
Oh, it was Kansas City, right? It was, you know, it was in Kansas City. Yeah. So, so a little bit of differences there, but like, come on, like, don't like, <laughs> let, let, let's look like we're at least trying to be responsible here. People. And I thought it'd be spread out more, but it didn't seem spread out. Like when they start showing like a hard cam shot of the crowd, I was like, that looks a lot closer than I was imagining. <laughs> so yeah, let's hope, let's hope everyone's was, was, uh, no one's got sick and who knew, who, who, who knew AEW, UFC, and let's say the, post uh head in the sand wwe now i think wwe is being pretty responsible Mm -hmm. who would think that those three organizations would be more responsible than a pro sports organization like oh well i i the nfl come on (laughs) we've seen with the concussion stuff a long time ago they turned a blind eye to that so i'm not i'm not shocked still man i go i get it they get the most eyeballs they should be they should want to look the the most responsible. They were, they were trying to pump it up. They showed wristbands the players have to wear and all the personnel have to wear. And then they get it, it monitors who they've been around and all this kind of craziness. If someone mm-hmm. starts positive, so that, that's cool and all stuff. So they, they're trying to get the word out, you know, that we're, they're trying to be as safe as possible. But then they show the crowd shot. Like I said, that one, the one particular with the one fan who, who was wearing his mask correctly, chanting something. Then the person next to him with the one just under his nose. And then this, <laughs> lady just looking off to the distance with no mask on i'm like and my wife's like well why can't she why does she not wearing a mask i'm like because she's an idiot <laughs> yeah not uh, you you said it but i understand it mm-hmm. uh okay so um i have one quick story to tell before you really start the show and we've already gone off tangent but um it just kind of relates to where we are today with the social distancing and with us not being able to go to work and with our kids not being able to go to school. Um, so obviously, internet, you know, your Wi-Fi is, is taxed, right? You kind of everyone's sort of going up to the to the highest internet so that you get the most, uh, you know, you know, the fastest internet. And so we live in a home that is actually the main home and then there's like an in-law quarters in the back and that's actually where the landlord lives so they live kind of behind us and they have the internet and th- we've never so we've never had to actually get our own internet because they they had they've had it and it's always worked and it's always been fine but now that on a weekday all three kids are in zoom calls at the same time and then myself and crystal are also possibly in zoom calls or or you know what i don't use zoom for my company but you know just streaming like it's really hard it's really choppy and so we had to sort of try and figure out how to get an extra you know whether it's an extender or whether it's these new mesh routers um you know we needed a better solution so we had we had called this company a couple weeks ago and they were going to come and do the installation but technically it's called Sonic, but I think they're tied into AT&T and the landlord has AT&T internet. So they came, we were really excited because we wanted to solve this problem. They're like, sorry, can't do it. Like, oh, what's next? So I thought, you remember when we wired Big, we, we, uh, wired Big Dave's home with the extended internet so that he, we could actually watch some uh, New Japan streaming downstairs and that was a really good solution it's worked for him uh but so that's that was a possibility for us but so we went okay we have at&t the landlord has at&t comcast in fit xfinity let's see if we can figure that out so 
I sign up literally an hour later, go pick up the router, going to come back home, put it together, and that's going to be our solution. There's no cable coax in this home. <laughs> this home, I checked it out on, online. It was built in like 1950. No cable coax. I, I'm like looking ever in my office, in, in the, the TV room, living room. I'm like, what is going on? How could this place not have... How could someone not have lived in this house for 70 years and someone get cable? So we're... we're texting landlord and i'm just like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to call a technician to actually come out and put a coax cable line in the home so we could actually get our own wi-fi so the landlord goes oh 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 you know after she'd already told us she doesn't remember and she's not sure there's there's a place in i forget what she called one of the rooms it's in the corner there may be a little cable sticking out of the carpet that's we the the person who rented the home before you. That's who had the, the cable, and so we had to dig in in the corner of one of the rooms. Like, oh, there's a there's a line here, hallelujah! And so now this show. Hopefully, it won't get we. You know, now I say that, and all of a sudden, the internet drops on, oh, on, on on this line. You did this whole story to jinx us. No, but oh. I, well, what I'm saying is, is that. <laughs> You know, part of us getting faster in it is also for this stuff because you and I stream. We you and I stream these these uh, voiceover IP calls, and uh, I've had some. You know, usually not with us. I, there hasn't been many that have dropped, but I've had a couple with Meltzer that have dropped. I've I've done some interviews with other people that have dropped, and so. The internet should be stable, I'm hoping, and we're going to mix and match. Like, maybe we'll put some of, of the computers on the other, uh, on the other Wi-Fi for the, that the landlord has, or we'll see if this one can hold all of them. But anyways, I'm excited. I got my new Wi-Fi, ready to go. I thought you were going to say, you, when you went to go find the uh, coax, that you actually had the palace that you clicked up a floorboard and there's some money in there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, but before we before we move on, do you want to just give like the 30-second synopsis on the orange sky that we saw yesterday? Yeah, man, I thought it was on Mars, actually. <laughs> I looked around and just just, you know, I went to work, I go to work early, so it's like I'm I'm driving in the dark, so I didn't realize it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what the heck? Everyone's talking about it, and then I took a picture for prosperity just because everyone else is taking pictures and my whole Instagram feed was orange sky. Yeah, yeah, which was annoying the hell out of me. But then I was like, maybe I should have something just because, you know, just to always remember this day. And, uh, but yeah, the kids, they were, they were, my wife said, you know, they thought, why is it nighttime right now? Why is it nighttime? And, you know, so they were kind of tripping out as well. So it's been bizarre been, and sad at the same time with all these fires going on and, and people losing their homes. And, you know, let's hope they, you know, kind of got, it was more yellowish today, at least on my side of town. And, but let's hope, you know, sooner or later it'll be clear. Yeah. For those who don't know in the Bay area, there's been so many fires and not even really in the Bay area that, that was uh, a few weeks ago. There's been more fires in, um, like, uh, Willits and stuff, right. But also in, uh, like Fresno area. Mm -hmm. And and there are some really sad ones going on because people are just like, 
you know, just really disastrous stuff. But then in Oregon as well, there's some really bad fires. So basically what happened is, is there was just like sort of like an orange haze um, from, uh, you know, the sky. And so yesterday, which would have been Wednesday night or Wednesday day, all day, it basically looked like it would look if it was about 730 in the evening. That's how it looked all day long until the sun finally went down. So talk about, you know, my, my, eyesight like I, my body was like trying to figure out why it was so dark and I, I was struggling yesterday just you know from like a mood perspective like I just felt like my energy was down and I was trying to do some stuff to kind of shake it out but yeah it was really weird so yeah I'm ready to get the like the shave my head the mohawk the face paint the, the spike shoulder pads dude at this point like it's just <laughs> apocalyptic man I'm ready to Mad Max this son of a gun it's, it's just, so weird yeah Okay, so uh, one more thing before we get to the um, the meat of the show. So I did a podcast with Denise Salcedo, who is kind of uh, she's she's been doing her own thing, and she's got her own YouTube channel. She had previously done some work uh, with uh, Sean Waltman X Pac on his show, and I talked to her. You know, I'm trying to talk to some content creators. I'm going to do a lot of those interviews to to take the place of our Wednesday show, which was the the Rocky podcast. And I'll do some of that. I may have other stuff there too. It's not going to be 100% content creators. But uh, until we get to the Karate Kid stuff, I'm going to have, I'm going to try to keep that Wednesday show because, you know, three shows during the week has worked pretty well for us. And, uh, and, and so I'm going to try to keep that up. But so check that out. Denise is really cool. She's young. She's got energy. She is not cynical about this wrestling business quite yet. So uh, I, I really enjoyed her. And she look, she she gets really cool people to talk to. She talked to Drew McIntyre uh, recently. I think it was before. It was either I think it was right before SummerSlam. She had an interview with him. So she's uh, she's doing good stuff. So check her out. Uh, my interview with her, which is uh, in the feed from uh, Wednesday show. Uh, two updates that I think are, are meaningful to the people who listen to us. Um, we are going to do a, a New Japan G1 challenge. So what that is going to involve is that uh, the G1 starts... Uh, I was supposed to look this up. I think it's the 19th. Yes, I believe so. So the G1, as people no is uh, is this long series of of shows and there's an a block and a b block and the winner of the a block faces the winner of the b block to win the g1 and to face the champ uh, the champion at wrestle kingdom and so there's uh lots of shows in a in a short amount of time and we did something for the new japan cup which was really fun and we had we gave away prizes for that and we're gonna do the same thing for g1 here how you're going to be able to uh, to join or to enter is first you got to be a member of our Fight Game Podcast Facebook group. So that is that is just the barrier to entry, um, and then you have to tweet the post that I linked in in the post, which you can find on FightGameMedia.com right now. It's the it, you, you'll see it if you go to the website. You you have to retweet. The tweet that says, here's how to enter the G1 Climax 30 challenge. 
And you have to put a call to action there. So something like, hey, join the Fight Game Podcast G1 Challenge or something to, of that nature. You can either do that on Twitter. And for those who aren't on Twitter, you need to share our Facebook post, uh, 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 the Facebook page post with the same call to action. Just, you know, whatever. Fight Game Podcast G1 Challenge. Join it. Um, so those are the two things that you have to do. Once you do those two things, you are free to enter. Now, because this tournament is intensive, um, basically we're picking all the matches every day. So this isn't something where you predict all the the winners of all these matches, you know, on uh, right before the tournament starts, and then you kind of got to sit with what you chose, you know, two weeks before. We're going daily. We're we're doing picks daily. Chris Samsa, who is the uh, New Japan statistician, he's going to help me out with some spreadsheets. So we'll have some ways to you to uh, lock in your picks that that will be uh, easy easy for me to count as far as uh, points. And then um, we're going to also do something where there is a there is going to be a little bit of a prediction involved. If you pick the the A block winner, pick the B block winner, pick the overall winner, and for each correct guess, you'll get five points added to your score as well. So there will be predictions, and then there will be daily points, and then we'll get to the end. And if there is a tie, we will have the winner of the uh, or the overall time for the championship, the G one final match, and whoever gets closest, no matter if you go over or not, will will be the winner. So what we'll, what do you win? We're going to give away a $50 gift certificate to Pro Wrestling Tees to buy whatever t-shirts that you want. And for more information, literally just join the Facebook group. Um, If you have any questions, join the Facebook group. All the stuff is going to happen there. We're going to have pinned posts about stuff. So any questions you possibly have, go to that group. And uh, we are we we will have all the information for you. You can hit me up in Messenger or whatever on Facebook if you have any questions. All good. But that's what we're going to do. So it's going to be pretty exciting. I think we had something like um, 35 or 40 people join the New Japan Cup Challenge. This one is going to be a little bit harder. It's going to be you kind of got to pay attention a little bit more. So I don't imagine we'll have as many, but maybe we will because, you know, people kind of dug that other one. And, and a lot, you know, G1 is maybe the the best time of the year for a wrestling fan if you're you know a diehard fan because you can kind of keep up day to day and and you follow something that that tells a story for a couple weeks so um yeah check it out uh join join the group that's how you will be able to get involved with us and then you can see um you know all of our posts and stuff too there we have a really fun community going on in there all right last thing before we actually get to our aew stuff um, we have started a book club in the group, and the first book that we're reading for September is by Keith Elliott Greenberg. It is called Too Sweet, Inside the Indie Wrestling Revolution. So it's kind of about you know the last few years of uh, the indie scene, which kind of helped in the creation of AEW. John was heavily involved in, in that indie scene. Cody Rhodes... Uh, it is a main player for that time frame. And so that's the book that we're reading. We're going to, we, we kind of have a thread going there. It's pinned. We're talking about the book. And then at the end of the month, 
we'll get a Zoom call and we're just going to talk about the book and shoot the stuff. And I don't know, maybe I'm going to try to get a hold of Keith and, you know, we can kind of get some questions and I can just ask him questions for uh, a future podcast. I think that will be pretty fun. Um, all right. So before we get to our AEW reviews, I'm going to talk about uh, one of my favorite apps. Uh, I, I've been bragging about these guys for quite a long time on this podcast, which is DoorDash. And, you know, DoorDash for me is, you know, we, we get we actually get food. I, we go to a grocery store, obviously. But we also get um, some meals delivered that come with recipes. So it's sort of our, you know, Monday Monday through Friday, we're, we're cooking. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we're like, man, you know, we cooked all week long. Now it's time for some DoorDash. And that is our, like, go-to app for the weekend, which is DoorDash. It brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is very easy. The app is very easy to use. You just choose what you want, and the driver will just leave it outside of your door without even knocking on the door. They know that you know we're not really hanging out with people right now, so they just leave it there. They kind of give you a courtesy knock, and, and you'll, you'll get the notification on your app that says that your meal has been dropped off. It's also it's national restaurants, but it's also your local spots too. So I know people like to support their local restaurants um, for the community, and uh, most of them, uh, I'm assuming, you know, probably all of them are, are on DoorDash. So our call to action for our listeners is that uh, listeners can get five bucks off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BlueWire. $5 off and zero delivery fees. Uh, and just add the code BlueWire. And yeah, your first order with DoorDash is $5 off. Okay, I know there's a bit of a preamble for us. Uh, and I wanted to get all of that stuff out of the way because I want to bring John on. And we're going to talk about AEW and NXT in a second here. But he didn't get a chance to talk about all out take two minutes take three minutes take four minutes whatever you want because i think the people who a aren't the biggest aew fans or or b just don't like aew at all have been waiting for your take overall on this show because i know you watched it and uh, you know, do it for the Robert Silvas who are listening out there. <laughs> the do great, it for, the great Robert. The Silva. great Robert. Do it for the people who are just like, oh, I just love it when John just talks about Joey Janela. Like, do do it for those people. Oh God! You're, I mean, I don't want dirty. I don't. I, I I hated this show. Obviously, it wasn't that good. Every promotion has a stinker, and this was their stinker. You know. Um, first of all, the BR Live app sucks (laughs) all right now i got a hookup you know which i'm grateful for it was awesome um i was debating about ordering it but then you know i was talking to a buddy he's like ah just use this you know know, i'm like all right i'm like shoot awesome but i was like man i haven't ordered one of these since the first one right and then i was like i wonder if they still do the replay 24 hours later and i don't get to see it till the next day and i always see the spoilers so, of course, sure enough, I watched the show later because AEW is not kid-friendly, and I want my kids seeing this stuff. And I click on it, sure enough, not up yet. The replay is not up yet. I'm like, damn it. 
And I'm just like trying to checking, checking, and checking because I actually did email BR Live early in the day and say, "Hey, do you guys how fast do you guys put the replay up now?" And they gave me the old standard line. It was like it was the worst customer service ever. And so I don't know what I did. I just just happened to click on the Spanish version, <laughs> and it's playing. <laughs> how can BR Live have the Spanish version and not the English version up? It's the same show. Anyway, so I had to listen to Dasha and the other guy laughing the whole time about this show. And it was a laugher. This, this, I don't know, Garrett. This, this whole show was just, a, it was just a mess. Like I said, it was just cursed from the beginning, I guess, right? And you have like the Oprah, why they put the tooth and nail match in the opener? Why they even make it to film? Like, it was so bad. You know, this thing took 10 hours to film. That's, that is. A little bit of a waste of time, probably a waste of a lot of money. And look, we we said it last week. We said, I guess this thing is actually pretty good then, or at least they <laughs> think it's good because they're putting it on the main show instead of on the pre-show. And when I watched it, my thought was the only reason to shoot this in, a, in the cinematic way is to do some special effects to make it really over the top, to make it wacky. Mm-hmm. And they did none of it. They shot it almost as straight as you can possibly shoot it. And I guess, you know, Britt Baker's not healthy to have a match. Fine. But you could have done something that was actually entertaining or over the top. I, I, I guess they thought that jamming the, the Novocaine in the thigh was mm-hmm. like the one thing. But yeah. it's like, yeah, it, it just felt like, okay, that that you guys did that and you just did it to do it. You didn't do it to to make it really excellent. Took 10 hours of film and all, and all they got with this. Who was the director? Fred Olin Ray? Like, what is going on here? Swole is the worst. She not only sucks in the ring, she now we also know she can't act and she can't even do a cinematic match with, that took 10 hours of film. So, walking papers immediately for her if I was them. Um, the, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express match felt like a great match because after I had to watch the Do the Nail match, but it was your typical Young Bucks match. You know, a million moves, a million kickouts, forgotten tomorrow. Um, I wish they would have done something different instead of having their typical match. Like, you have the Young Bucks are playing heels. They're playing heels like we would play heels in the backyard, Garrett. Like, you know, we'll put a mean face on and we'll do this. It's like, no. Like, it would be cool if they didn't do their kind of style match. They did something different. Like, something where the match starts hot, Jungle Boy's legal, but they end up taking out Loser Source, like a chop block on both legs. They super kick Marco Stunt, get him out of there. And now it's just Jungle Boy by himself, and he's fighting from behind, and they're still they're putting heat on him, fighting. Luchasaurus finally makes his way to the corner to make, you know, and there's finally a tag. But he goes in, he can only do so much, and he's cut off, and they pin him. And they can, you know, Work a little differently, like tell, that would have been some. That would have been something I would remember, you know. And they could build the future, whatever they're doing, which got really confusing by the tag championship match. And then, oh my god, we all knew this was gonna suck. But the casino battle royal was just was just a big mess. So the, in this match, right, they built to right. Do you remember when they built to Brian Cage and Lance Archer all mm-hmm. alone in the ring together to go at it? That would have been great. If they didn't already touch each other during the match already, like five minutes earlier, Brian Cage comes right out and he starts attacking Lance Archer. You idiot. No, you don't touch each other until that moment because that's when the people supposedly want to see you big guys go at it. That's what you were building to. Darby Allen, I mean, I'm like, I don't know what he's trying to do. He has a death wish. Um, and I was more angry, not about the bump, which is stupid. 
you know, getting power bombed in the and you know, that's just that's just scary. I was more pissed off that he actually had to help himself put be put into the body bag. Did you see that? <laughs> he he was wiggly. <laughs> no, no, he no, Brian Cage is trying to open this thing because you know, you know, for, for bodybuilders, zippers are tough. And he opens it up and <laughs> Darby has to zip himself up almost like you know fold the thing over so he can get his legs in it was just it's just like what's going on why it, why is it so bad and then poor Matt Seidel comes out and I felt so bad for him oh you yeah know, that, that was rough I, I'm actually I like Matt Seidel a lot I think he's really talented and so that was a bummer to see uh, super happy for Will Hobbs who signed an AEW contract and he's on the promotion and this is a big opportunity and he got a big pay-per-view um, that was really really cool um, to see, because you know he's a really good guy, and, and uh, I'm really happy for him. But I just, I just wish, you know, they 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 liked him from the get go, right? Marcus yeah. Mack set it all up. I mean, he reached out and made it all, and and they they gave him a shot, and they really impressed with him. And you know, Cody liked him, and Cody gave him the power slam finisher. And so when you see someone you like, take him off TV. I know he wasn't on TV. He did one TV match at a job of Darby Allen, which he should have never done. If they liked him like that, you know, but he's been on dark losing for, for months now. Like, you know, Cody, I don't think he literally learned from his dad that much because when his dad saw Ray trailer in a job match and saw this big 300 pounder go up for the totally Blanchard sling slot suplex, he took him off TV for months and repackaged him as big bubble Rogers and true money with him. If you saw something will like that, I would just take him off TV, you know, and, 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 Bring him back with some kind of a, some kind of a you know, push or a build up. Um, Sunny Kiss eliminates Jake Hager. Oh my god, that's just embarrassing. I mean, just embarrassing. And then the finish was just dumb. What was Jake Roberts doing? What was he doing? He's trying to scare Eddie Kingston with the the snake. It looked what like is he, was, he? What is he ever doing on this show? I know. I I, I mean, can just DDP just give him. DDP yoga and just keep him busy, you know, during these shows. <laughs> was he trying like look like he was trying to show like Eddie Kingston his laundry or something? My like my buddy told me I thought it was a funny line, but it is just it's just, it's just and then and I didn't even notice, but he apparently didn't really go over the top rope. And they mentioned on the show. And I and I said, No way. And he's like, my, he's like, Yeah, watch it, man. He didn't go over the top rope. And I was like, why would they do that to build up a match? I, I could see them do may, using it for a match, but that's stupid too because one, make the referees look like idiots, make the promotion look like idiots, you make the ring it, the the commentators look like idiots. So everyone that's coming looks like an idiot just to do this match. With it was just stupid. I hope it's yeah. I mean, but WWE does this a lot with no, their Royal Rumbles. They where would point it out. They never some, pointed out. Some, well, well I, I mean, well, we, we, version, may, so, maybe, 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 I mean, maybe they would, they will point it out uh, because Eddie Kingston well, did. did mention it on, they, on, Ro- on they, the show, right? Yeah. He, that's when he talked about it. So I don't know, but it's just whatever. And then but, the I mean, it's, I think it's, I think it's just a common trope that happens on these shows. Like they're like, you know, Santino will come out and complain that he, you know, he didn't, what I, that's sort of how I see it now. Um, if they they have a chance to do something, may, maybe they will, or maybe it just gets forgotten. But it just now, seems like a common trope for these kind of matches. Now, if I missed it, and they did talk about it. I, I watched, like I said, I watched the Spanish version, and my Spanish is just poquito español. So uh, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, my gosh, man, this is horrible. This is scary. I was just, and I heard the podcast. You were out of it from this point on. When, oh yeah, but this is completely irresponsible. You can't do a concussion 
test protocol that quickly. I know Matt probably is, you know, he's an old school wrestler, that mentality of you got to keep going and, and finish it. But you have to step in. And even if the doctor, even if the doctor says yes, maybe Tony Khan, if his gut was saying no, said no. If you know, if I, if I was him, I know he leaned on the doctor, but I mean, I've said no to guys many times, you know, with stuff less than this. Obviously, like they want to do some crazy stuff. I'm like, no, no, we don't need to need to do that. And you know, they, they'd be pissed, but whatever. I you know rather not get hurt on a indie show or making you know less money on something stupid than just you know save your bumps for later on and. And this was just a poorly set up thing. I know they had the two tables, and you think that's great, but like, I didn't realize he speared him at first. I saw the replay. Yeah. And when I saw the spear, I thought that was totally stupid because Sammy's going and it's going to go out. So they're going to fly out, not down. And then I started thinking too, like, why would they do this bump if the finish was the bump off the stage, right? It's just, just, just. Horrible all around, horrible all around. This is just an, this is a rule of you know the first controversy I guess AEW had to deal with, and they deserve all the the big heat for the fans. So, and then Sheeta Thunder Rosa. I mean, match was good, but but you know that was that's like eating McDonald's after you had hospital food. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was just it was okay. It wasn't. So I, I actually actually disagree with you because I thought if this match didn't deliver, then everybody is just down. Because, you know, to, to, to have your, um, as a wrestling fan, you know, we've had moments where we're like, oh, no, something bad has happened, right? And, and you really care for, the, for these guys. Yeah. You don't have to be fans of these guys to know that they put their asses out there on the line. And so you're, you know, you're really like, and so when you see Matt go out like that, you, you're, you feel down because you're like, oh, like, you know, you hope that something like that never has to happen. And if Thunder Rosa... Um, and she to go out there and lay an egg, I think you lose just about everybody. I thought that was the most important match on the show coming out of that craziness because they had a just a stable wrestling match, good wrestling match, probably better than a, a lot of those like us thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it just made you just calm back down. You were, I was out of it. And it made me sort of pull back down and go, okay, I forget. You know, they, they still have a pay-per-view to do. You know, we'll, we'll sort of see how, how Matt's doing. But this match, if it was bad, I think they, I think they lose everybody. I didn't think I didn't say it was bad. It was just it was just okay. It, I know a lot of people were overrating it, and you know, just because Sheeta is so. I mean, both women they both women need leaders. That's the point. That's the problem. They they had a. It was better than I expected, but at the same time, Sheeta. I really like her. I mean, she's super. She's a really attractive girl. She has fire, but she needs she needs someone in there that's going to guide her. And same with Thunder Rosa. And she looked great with uh, Serena. And, and that's it. In this match here, there was just kind of it was it was fun. They started this match was laid out exactly the way it was going to be. Even if Matt Hardy doesn't get hurt, right? They were going to go out there and slow it down because you know the fans just saw a guy get thrown off a stage into this you know crash pad. So. They need, they were going to start off with a wrestling match, and I like Thunder Rosa's aggressiveness. I like her facial expressions. I like her attitude. Um, but Sheeta, I, I just wish they would do something where they would talk to her about a lot of her offense. Um, I wish Kenny would just get off the video games and say, Sheeta, you know, like you're a babyface, so pulling out a chair probably not a good thing. You know, I know she uses it to jump off it, throw a knee. 
But when she also looked like an idiot when she did that, and then Thunder Rosa reversed it on her. So, eh, it was, it was like I said, a lot of the crap that was going on in the show, it, it kind of stood out. But like I said, I don't think it was, I think it might be a little overrated people um, that people are doing right now. Um, the Dustin Rose, the eight-man tag match, honestly for me, should have been on the pre-show. Would have been way better than the two matches they had on there. Um, I just, because the show is so long too. It's just like, that match happened. I'm like, oh man, we still got this. And we got the tag match. And we got the mimosa match. And we got the title match. So I was kind of feeling the fatigue at this point. And so I was hoping this, that would have been nice that they would have took this off and just put on the pre-show. And it's fine because it builds to, it's building to a television match anyway. So it's not a big deal. Um, FTR, Kenny, Megan, and Adam Page. I thought it was, uh, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I thought it was the best, my best, my favorite match on the show, even though, I know it should have been 10 minutes shorter. Um, I know it, it didn't really hit the way many people expected, but maybe because, like I said, there's been so much on the show that hasn't been good. That's, you know, decent work is kind of sticks out. Um, I didn't care for the post-match stuff with Kenny. I thought he really didn't really have... I mean, I, I don't think he... The way he reacted, and then the Bucks are now... Now the Bucks are, like, worried about Paige. Like, it was just kind of confusing... And I'm I'm kind of over the storyline. I think it's been it's one of those storylines that if you tease it, it's like if you tease something so long, and keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting, it just gets too long, and now we're not even caring anymore. So, um, but yeah, the match was the match was good. I thought um, Orange Cassie Chris Jericho Mosa Mayhem match. To, uh, talk about this, they had a really good match to start this program. Second match is eh, and this match was just like you know like. I don't think this feud really got Orange Cassie over as much. It, it hurt more Jericho. I think Jericho just came out of this looking goof. Like, this is just a, like, why have pinfalls and submission when everyone knows the finish is going to be the mimosa when he gets dunked in the tank of mimosa, right? That, that's, I mean, the, that, that was the second this match started. That's exactly what yeah. I thought. And then at one point, Jericho power bombs orange cast to a table that is right next to the mimosa bath like why couldn't you if you could power bomb him here two feet away but you can't power bomb him to finish the match like he wasn't even reversing he just picked him up and power bombed him it was just stupid did you see the do you see when that that the plastic wine glass broke mm-hmm. and then in the middle of the match jericho or orange cassie told told uh aubrey to go put it together like right in the camera, she just leaves them as as a submission hold. As Jericho has the lion tamer on Orange Cassidy, she just stops to, to to get a submission to go put together the, uh, the 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 wine glass so Orange can dump it in the mimosa and throw it in his face. It's just, it's, oh man, this is just bad. This is bad. This is bad stuff. And then um, yeah, like it just. I don't think, like I said, I don't think Orange really got over. As they were hoping to. And then the main event, I liked the finish. I thought the finish was creative. Um, the match was good, but I felt it was like it felt like it was just like a good TV main event, right? It didn't feel like a pay-per-view quality main event to me. Um, I thought uh for MGS first big pay-per-view match, the excitement wasn't there for it. Like it just I just, you know, because I, I think the bill was bad. And so but other than, I like the finish. I thought the finish kind of came off really well. But um other than that, like I said, this is their stinker, you know, and and um, we'll see where they go next from this. I was really curious about this Wednesday show to see how they would make some improvements. 
Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so, uh, you know, thumbs down for me. It just wasn't uh, wasn't the best effort. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I, you know, when I talk about AEW, I'm not ta- I don't want their demise, obviously. I want them to keep going because we need places for guys and gals to work. It's just, you know, I just want them to do better and clean up some stuff. And and I guess, you know, this is what's been building to you, a lot of, a lot of this stuff. And then, you know, there's a lot of infighting within the promotion and this is like kind of hitting, and I think, you know, like I guess you can see the cracks. You can see there's no communication there. You can see people aren't talking to each other, and and so, so yeah, yeah. So let's hope they can get together. Okay, so uh, let's talk about these shows. Um, let's start with AEW since you just started talking about All Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you like? What was one of the things that you liked about this show? Um, I liked a couple things. Um, I liked the main event. I liked Dustin and uh, Brody for the most part. I thought, you know, I thought overall it was a, a good match. I liked how Dustin, you know, they didn't do like Brody Lee wrestled like a big man, right? He didn't do his flippity stuff. He didn't do his lucha stuff. He played a big man, and so for when Dustin did the code red, and he also did another big move it you hear the crowd react because yes that's what he wanted it Brody Lee's doing his fancy athletic stuff and then you know Dustin does the code red etc like no one's gonna care what Dustin does right so this was good this was good I thought this was uh overall well worked there was you know some missed moves whatever but it you know Excalibur did a great job of like explaining like the boot how it grazed him and doesn't use it to turn and flip around, and turn into Larry. I thought that was really cool. Jim Ross was up for this match, right? He was a uh, not saying Jim Ross was old, but he was also you know being passive aggressive and talking. You know, he was he was really trying to put it over, so that that helped out a lot. So yeah, I like I like the main event. I agree with you. I really liked that match, and I think they did what all matches like this are supposed to do, which is make you believe that mm-hmm. Dustin is going to win. And then the heel wins at the last minute. And it was good stuff. I want, it just makes me want to see more of Dustin kind of in the mix though. Yeah. You kind of know, you also know though that he's, he can't win a lot of these matches because that's not really what his role is. His roles to have really good matches, but he's not. He he's there to to help sort of advance storylines and help make guys. His his job isn't to to kind of you know be be the top baby face in the company. So he's in an interesting position, but I think he does a really good job in the position that he's in. Yeah, yeah, no, that's he I mean. His position is to be you know heels as long as Cody's the baby face. The heels beat him him up to get heat, etc. Or in this case, he's a avenging brother, right? To happen to Cody too as well. Not only challenging for the championship so uh yeah that I mean that's his role you're you, and you know he you know he's at what 50 now i know he's in great shape but you know he can't be you got to use him sparingly in these moments and they mean something like this show i thought that i like i said i was looking forward to this match when they announced the pay-per-view come on that's gonna be a good match because i know dustin's he's, he's really good and you know i talk about all the time we, we both grew up fans of his and so it's oh, always yeah. a soft spot for uh for dustin Rhodes. And this match is why I did not mind that eight man being on the the main show because I thought it told mm-hmm. a really good story of what they were, you know, because you don't want your pay per views to be necessarily uh, just marketing for the TV show. 
some sometimes you know pay-per-views end up being that that way but uh, that's not what i like out of a pay-per-view so i like the fact that most of that pay-per-view was all just like you know stories and matches and ends of feuds and then they snuck in this one thing for their main event for the for the mm-hmm. TV show, which I thought was really smart, and it made sense, and and the the match was booked really well on both shows, and I thought I thought Brody Lee, uh, Brody Lee got over more uh, in this match than he's probably gotten over in in on anything uh, on uh, Dynamite. So far. yeah, I, I agree. I think he looked as this is, he looked his best, and Dustin really went out there to, like I said, pull out a really good match out of him, and yeah, good. All right, so my one, the, one of my other uh, good things about the show was the Ricky Starks promo. Yep, same here. Ricky Starks, you know, the, I can't say enough the good things about this guy. He's young. He cuts a great promo. I think his wrestling is is going to come along. He, he's not bad. He, he's he's young and and he's he's kind of growing into his role. But man, like. They trust this dude to get on a mic and just cut a, you know, two or, I don't know, two or three minute promo. And he's so young. Like, I don't think, you know, uh, uh, him and MJF are, are, are guys who, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see young guys like this on TV cutting promos. Like, they're so mature in that in that way. Uh, I think his wrestling, you know, he'll come along. He he should keep working dark, and he should keep having those matches so he continues to get better. But as a promo, he's absolutely ready for prime time. I thought he was really good on this show. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I really liked this. I, I like him a lot. And um, smart move to sign this kid, and he's definitely he's a he's a prospect to sign. And and I I think he's doing really well right now. And I'm you know he. I want to see more of him. I want to see what he's going to do next after this Darby Allen feud. I'm sure he's not winning it. It's probably Darby Allen, but but I I think Ricky he's really standing out, and it's interesting because you know you have Taz with Brian Cage, you have this big monster, with all these big muscles, but it's the little guy that could talk is what's really getting over. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, <laughs> from inside from in from the inside, I, you know, I think Taz is a little more more happy with Starks than he is with Cage. So I think he, that that team's really working well. So. Yeah, they got to figure out what to do with Cage to. Uh, He's just one of those guys that's exposed on national television. Yeah, you but know? you you can you can accentuate the the things that he does well and and sort of hide some of those weaknesses. But the problem is that if. If he's not into it, he's bored out there. You can tell. If you just watch, just watch how if he's standing next to Ricky Starks, Rick Stark has the mic time. He's just kind of sitting out there. It's not about him, you know. He and you know, it just just the quality of his work needs to improve. I mean, making stupid decisions. Like I said, he's just exposed on 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 television. But you know, I like Cage. He's a good guy, but you know, he's kind of he's kind of goofball. All right, what's uh, what's next in your I like like the list. I like the Moxie promo. I thought the Moxie promo was good. You know, it's a nice, it's, you know, talking about the future, talking about what's coming up with uh, Lance Archer. I thought he he painted a nice picture about them fighting each other and what's going to happen, but, you know, what he's going to do to retain the title, etc. So it was a good, good promo. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I agree. I liked it too. Uh, it wasn't on my list, but it would have been if I added uh, another one. So... I don't know how most people feel about this, but on the show, they had to help define 
sort of what happened with the elite. Mm-hmm. And um, they had Hangman and Omega do two completely different interviews, which sort of describe where their characters are right now. And I thought that the emotion of both characters were so diverse that it really showed you, okay, where's... Because, I mean, my, my, coming out of that pay-per-view, I'm kind of wondering, okay, are they done? Mm-hmm. And to Hangman, he's like... We're, st- we're we're still good. I, I still want to do this. And to Omega, he's like, I, I, I'm out. So you can see that just the differences in the two characters. And I imagine there's going to be a bigger explosion coming because Hangman, as the babyface, desperately wants to work this out. And Kenny, as he becomes the heel, is like... I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. So I'm still intrigued about where they're going with this. And I thought that the diverse, uh, the the differences in, in the way that they cut these promos w- was really interesting. And I want to see where it goes. Yeah, this, this is fine. I, I didn't. The thing about the page thing is like he's act. I know they mentioned it, but like he didn't really give an excuse why he cost the Young Bucks their match in that gauntlet. He kind of just. It didn't really explain that well to me. Why I, would he do I that? think the story is still yet to come. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Um, I thought I thought Omega did a good job with his promo, uh, being a little bit of aloof and talking about himself and being like, "No, I'm done with it. You know, it's over. It's cool, and I'm ready to move on and do other things." So, I mean, I liked his. I liked I liked his promo of it, but it was on my likes, but. I like that part of it. I don't know, but I don't know if I'm still into it anymore. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of over it. But, um, well, I mean, we'll the, the idea of it to me is, you know, they, they both, they, they were the tag team champions and by splitting them off, mm-hmm. it's going to help both of them. Now, you know, Paige is, go, is going to go in, in one direction as, as babyface. Omega goes in another direction as heel. And in a year, maybe they, have to face each other for an important match. And and I think I think that while you were saying that this is, you know, long storytelling and, and maybe this part of the angle you're not into, I still think this thing gets tied up, you know, in 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 another Old six year. months or something. I'm I'm guessing that they're gonna well, it's gonna seem like they reconcile. They're gonna have a rematch with FTR. I can see Omega turning on him officially and being done with him. So I I I can only guess that you know they would probably wrestle bef- before a year you know but um, maybe he takes him out maybe Omega takes Paige out injures him to enough where he's not on the next or the 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 with full gear pay per view maybe it is Omega and Moxley and Omega wins the title there and then you can have Paige coming back as a as a challenger to Omega you know that they could they can see him doing something like that so. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll wait and see. I just like I said, I'm just getting getting a little tired of it personally. All right, did you have a third one? Mm. No, no, we kind of had. Well, we kind of almost had the similar one. So okay, the so the the only other thing that I'll add is, um, they tried something different with the open of the show, a little bit of a produced segment, which is probably a hint to MJF and Jericho working down the line in the future. And there's been a previous hint uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, to that as well. So I like that because I like that they throw these things out there that, you know, when, when something does happen, you go, oh, yeah, I remember when they kind of teased that, you know, a few months ago. So I like that part of the open. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I, I like that too. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't like the double split screen. Maybe, maybe like they shake hands or whatever they they do the you know, Bash Brothers thing, and then a little produced. And then um, you know, as Jericho leaves, it'd be kind of cool if like Giovanni hears, or we you know we also hear as well, MGF say something under his breath, right? And then Giovanni calls him out. I'm like, hey, what would you just say? He's like, what? You know, and then, and then he walks off, you know, kind of like we caught something we weren't supposed to see. And, and uh, you know, this the, the the split screen thing was, like you said, a little bit. A little produced, a little, little over, cute. Little overproduced. Yeah, yeah. And, a little and, cutesy. And I mean, I think they they had an idea. And I think, you know, it it worked 70%, but there was that 30% of it where you're like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, you know, it's a little too much. But it's, look, I, 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 those two guys together are gold. So whenever they do yeah. work together, I think that's going to be, awesome. be fun. That'll be definitely fun. And I hope we see badass Chris Jericho for that. You know, hope, he, hope that comes out. That That's Chris Jericho. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's AEW. They, they like, they'll do something I really like. And there's just one thing at the end that just drives me insane. You know, some kind of goofy thing it's just uh it's kind of like their their deal okay so before we get to our dislikes about this show let's talk about nfl sunday ticket like you mentioned the you know we we are heading towards a tremendous sunday we had the first game of the season tonight as we record this but uh yeah sundays are 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 back and with nfl sunday ticket.tv you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off of your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, let me lead off these dislikes. I it's, it's kind of funny the things that irritate me about this show. Uh, actually, about both shows. Like, both shows, the things that irritated me were a little bit of, like, detail, attention to detail kind of stuff. And the first thing was, um, you know, like you said, the Bucks are trying to be bad guys. And Alex Marvez, in his own Alex Marvez way, knocks on the door, very innocent, just wanting to get a word about the Bucks, what's going on with the elite. And they don't want to answer the door. And their way of giving him an F you is to double super kick him. The way that they shot it, it looks like he got super kicked, I don't know, in the upper chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so goofy kind of their own way of, of doing something like this. But the thing that bothered me most is JR and Tony, mm-hmm. who are his colleagues, who are in his role as, as as the announce team, as the broadcast team, as the you know the media team, they're like, oh, that wasn't very nice. Yeah. Oh, those they, guys, they, those bad guys. I can't believe they did that to poor Alex. Like, I mean, if that was like my colleague, I'd be like, yeah. what the F is going on? Yeah. 
you know yeah, yeah they're, they're, gonna get, they're, they're gonna get fine they're gonna get fine like it was yeah that underplayed it was so stupid much. even the skit was dumb news that was just just you know why cheat poor alex marvez like that you know that you know that's that's a thing that people would get wwe on like treating their reporters it, like yeah it's, it's kevin it's kevin kelly you know yeah. when rock is kevin slapping kelly. him in the head when rock is slapping coachman in the head Remember I mean, all the at, guys- at least at least you have yeah. the rock to get that segment over you don't even have that here you're just like treating alex marvez as a nothing and you didn't even get anything out of it Remember, remember for years, it was just like every every backstage interview from Michael Cole to Kevin Kelly to Coachman would always be used and abused, right? That was like the thing they would do. And, you know, they finally got away from that, thank goodness. But well, now they just have dumb, the, the women ask dumb questions, which is also infuriating. Yeah, well. I know some of the questions. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, this, um, you know, yeah, I just thought this was uncalled for. I mean, I'd rather have them not answer the door. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Or just tell them, like, dude, go away. We don't want to talk to you. Get out of here. Or scare him. Like, just pretend you're going to hit him. And he's like, oh. Or or they come out and just just shoulder jack him, you know? Like, a little chest jack and just walk away. And like, then, just be dicks. Yeah, and, like, maybe the camera kind of falls him just a little bit. And they just go to another door and he's slamming on him, you know? Like, you know, get out of here and slam it on him. You know, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what about you? What was one of your dislikes? <laughs> My dislikes of one of the worst debuts in rest in wrestling history. <laughs> Rusev has debuted in AEW, which I think is a great signing because he's a talented guy. Oh yeah, but this got me excited for nothing. I want to see him do in the future. He first of all, and I'm a Kip Saban supporter. I think he deserves more than what he's getting. I think. Um, I I think they're wasting his talent. Um, I did like him on the mic. I thought he showed some chops on there, right? He was confident out there. He was doing well. I didn't like this the, the whole lead in the teases. He had what's his name, the indie guy from up north, the big guy, PN News. Yeah, who is or, that guy? I don't know, Puffy something. I forget. I've seen him. I've seen him wrestle. I think I might have skipped it after a few minutes, but yeah, it's just it's just stupid. And another guy comes out. But then finally, here comes Rusev, now as is going by his name, Miro, his real name, Miro. And blonde hair. But why is he just dressed in, what was he dressed in, like just a regular t-shirt? Like a, yeah, like a t-shirt. And if you have this guy, you, you shouldn't, I mean, Kiss Sabian, unfortunately, is, is booked as just being a total geek, right? Girls beat him up. Why are you having Rusev associate with him? It just brings him down. And then the promo he did, he talked about he's more interested in promoting his Twitch feed than talking about what he's there for. He was more interested in doing about the Twitch feed and doing the typical glass, you know, the glass ceiling WWE, um, you know, being fired speech and release speech and never getting an opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he got a lot of opportunities and granted they didn't, Capitalizing Russo Day like they should, but you know they made him a star. Here's a story about that, by the way. Yeah, I did. I saw it. It was it was kind of crazy, but um, but no, it's just just I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes, Garrett. This is one of the worst debuts of a guy that you feel that's going to be a main event guy, right? That's what uh, we would we would you would I mean you would think too, right? We all think this. They bring him in, they'll probably do something with the main event scene. And now he's going to be stuck with 
Kip Sabian. I don't know how long, but it's. I, I imagine. Ga- I imagine he turns on Kip fairly soon. But what does that do? What does turning on a geek do? It does nothing. This is you. This you, you got to get away from ASAP. But now they already wasted a whole segment on this. Um, the very. I mean, very, very stupid and very lazy. And they had like they had no plan. Which, from what I'm hearing, I, I now I get it. So I I pretty much agree with you. Um, the thing that I disliked about this maybe the most is uh, the glass ceiling thing because, okay, if he doesn't become a championship-level wrestler for AEW, Vince McMahon was right. <laughs> right? Like, in, in his own words... You know, that's what was holding him back wasn't him. It was the company. So I I, I gave Moxley a lot of crap for when he had his his uh, his thing on on talk is Jericho. Right. But at the end of the day, he proved that he was more valuable than what WWE thought he was. So to, to, it was like he he proved that he proved that whole thing he proved everybody who th- who leaned on WWE's side wrong because he's you know he he is really good at what he's doing today and so I, I is is Rusev Moxley I don't know it, it's possible that he can be uh, a, a really great talent for them but the percentages basically say that okay what you're saying is that unless you get to the tippy top then Vince w- w- was right. And I don't know if that's the right way to introduce him. It's just this, you know, this guy who feels like he was held back because if he does not succeed and if he's not a champion, then either AEW also held him back or Vince was ultimately right about him. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I think they're going to push him. I mean, I, I think he's going to get opportunity because, you know, AEW has a smaller roster and there's more room to you know, for these guys to kind of be put in positions faster than they would on, you know, WWE because they have such a big roster. You know, Mox, I think Mox is more valuable to AEW than he was at WWE, right? I think, you know, in WWE, he was, to me, he was the third most, you know, member of the Shield, not the top guy. You know, Roman Reigns was, to me, number one. Seth Rollins was above him, you know, as an in the ring and stuff. So, uh, but for AEW, shoot, for a younger company that doesn't have many stars, like, yeah, he's definitely, you know, going to be, a value to them um but like i said i just thought i just couldn't believe this is how they would debut him i you know i i'd rather see just a straight up vignette of the badass murals coming and who's he, what side he's gonna be on and etc and he's gonna debut and like and put a countdown not like the jericho thing but like say in three weeks or at october 14th for their one year anniversary like you don't even need to have him on this yeah you know, we just kind of keep talking about like russo's rusev or miro is coming miro is coming and and then you have him in a big match with someone that he kind of just destroys or you know and it's just now he's out there smiling and you know, just kind of like, huh? You know, <laughs> it's just a, it's just poorly, 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 poorly booked. The the one caveat about this is his character. I, I called it. I called his character ca- casual Rusev. I don't know if I wanted to. I don't know if I want to hang out with casual Rusev. I kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. Rusev that. That the great. star. Yeah, but 
the the thing that he does have on his side, and for this audience, which we know is 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 much younger than WWE's audience, he's got the Twitch thing, mm-hmm. and that's kind of leans toward the Kenny Omega stuff, you know, the video games, and so it's quite possible that they believe that his fan base is uh, is is a little bit towards that 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 side. Personally, I, I like to see you know ass kicker Rusev. That's kind of who I want to yeah. see. Uh, but you know, I, we'll see what happens. I, I also thought it was a bit of a dud, and there's just uh, the, you, the, it would have been like the tenth thing I would have thought about doing with him. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see if he gets any how high he gets AW. I don't know if he'll get as high as WrestleMania 31 with tanks and the big entrance and all that, but but we'll see. You know. Okay, so that was also on my dislikes, and I'll say the the third one for me was the FTR Tully segment. I thought it was just boring. Like, you have FTR out there who are good promos. You have Tully out there, obviously good promo. And they found a way to make that segment really boring. I I know, you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and, you know, they kind of clean house there to set up a match for next week, which is totally fine. It's cool. But the way that they did it, was, I was just like, man, like, you guys finally won the titles, and... This is the way that, you know, you are introduced to us as champions was in this like very boring way. I don't know. That that was, that was just a kind of a, a, a dull segment for me. Yeah. I mean, it was going good for the beginning part. I like but I, I liked where they're going. Like there's these cocky heels. Why the other teams would want to surround the ring during our celebration, <laughs> you know, when they are heels, it just seemed silly. But I get where they're going. They were going to take shots at all the teams and. They're going to be the biggest jerks of the division and they're champions and no one's at their level and, and you know, it's going to be easy for them. And, you know, they're, they, they're going to, you know, say they want to see the guys step up. They know they can't because they're just that much better. But they just kept going forever and ever. And the way, like, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, like, they get insulted and they don't even, like, really put their chest out and want to get in there to kill them. They kind of slowly, casually get in the ring and it was just, just yeah. It's, as I kept going, it just kept getting worse and worse. In the end, the everyone's just cutting cake and eating pieces of cake, and like they're just saying on this, staying on the shot, like get go away, like we don't want to see this, you know. And they could, they could have done something where they, you know, the the heels and all the, the all the teams surround FGR. Now they're like, oh shoot, we talked too much crap. We gotta get out of here. And they, they just kind of they run away or something like that. But it's just, yeah, like I said, it. I guess I like the beginning part of it. It just as it kept going, it just kept is falling off a cliff all right what is your uh what are more of your dislikes i got a bunch um <laughs> well god chris jericho jake hager versus sunny kiss and joey janella and i thought okay cool another squash right this is what it should be this should be another ass kicking you know jake hager and chris jericho should just go out there and destroy him i want to see now that he's done with this 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 view with Orange Cassidy, I want to see I want to see Chris Jericho that showed up early in AEW. I want to see the badass Chris Jericho. I want to see the Chris Jericho that I saw the the night of night before where he just destroyed Joey Janela. Now I want to see Jake Hager get back to him being a badass. No, 50-50 match. Just I mean Jake Hager, you're promoting as this badass MMA fighter who's undefeated is bumping for Sunny Kiss. Give me a freaking break. He's done. I don't take him serious anymore. I don't think I don't see him as an incredible challenger anymore. That was just so stupid. Like 
you have to have levels, right? You have to have levels. You can't be a star if everyone's a star. You have to kill people. You have to squash people. And that's what they should have done here. I don't know why Jericho was being so unselfish. No, you have to be selfish because no one buys Sunny Kiss and no one buys Joey Janela. Joey Janela, God bless him. He's a great promoter. I, you know, he's a great, you know, on the indie scene, he's good at that. Go back to that. He wants to go back to that. Like, he's just, <laughs> he just is exposed on national television. He's not a good worker. He's he's below a lot of a lot of beginners I've seen on the indie scene. I mean, he's literally taking bumps and looking at Jericho in his eyes to say, okay, what do I do next? Where do I need to be? Just move, sell, feed. Don't worry, Jericho will grab you. Jericho will guide you. You don't need to look in his eyes and like, where am I? Like, what do you do now? What do you do now? It, like, come on, dude. Aren't you this big star on the indie scene for Game Changer Wrestling? Don't you know how to do this thing? No, you suck. And then they had this weak brawl on the outside. Did you see that brawl when he threw? Oh my god! Even Jericho's punches look shitty. Like, what's going on, with Jericho? He, his punches looking bad. And this, it was just, it was just, it was just bad, man. Like, come on. Why would Jake Hager bump around for a sunny kiss? Would they book RuPaul as Arnold Schwarzenegger's sidekick to kick the bad guy's ass? No, they would never do that. It's so stupid. <sighs> why, why, Garrett? Why are they doing this? Just to, just to get what? There's no reason for it other than you're hurting Jericho and Hager. <clears throat> I th- <laughs> <laughs> this was like I didn't I didn't feel. One or one or two ways is, about the match at all. Yeah, this this doesn't that this. I don't know, man. Maybe Jericho had too much of bubbly, and maybe Hager had too much of the weed because they were just not thinking straight <laughs> in this match. And I love, I, I like Jake. I root for that guy. I, you know, I got the opportunity to work with him at APW for a few shows, and he was so great to work with. Such a cool guy. And I always liked him in WWE. I always thought he should have, you know, got a bigger opportunity in WWE. And the, you know, because I, you know, I, find, you know, I know he had a uh, problems with the the authorities and kind of messed up his his pushing. That was on him. But like other than that, like even before that, I thought he was could have been used better. And so I don't want to, I don't want to see him bumping around for Joey Janela and Sunny Kiss. I mean, those, those those are people you destroy. And here's another thing. Why all of a sudden this was a no disqualification match? Why? Why does every match have some kind of stupid stipulation? Tony Khan, I know he gets excited. I know he's he's young at booking, but he's throwing so much out there right now. Next week we have a parking lot brawl match, and I sure as shit gonna you're gonna see. You know who's gonna do a run in that match? Who you think's uh, gonna do a run? The mom? Yes. She's probably <laughs> going to win the damn match for the kids. She's probably going to... They're probably going to try to recreate Jerry Lawler, Eddie Gilbert over the hood <laughs> spot, but it's not going to come out that good. So the baby... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, I was just... I just... I just don't... I, just, I don't understand why they would do this. I just don't understand. All right. What else? Um, We talked about the Young Bucks, Super Kicking Alex Marvez. Um... You know, the Jurassic Express Lucha Brothers match. Like, again, I just saw this match with the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. You know, a bunch of stuff. Um, at least Jungle Boy won. That's nice. Um, the heel group is already fighting? And 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 Eddie Kingston, was he not prepared? Like, this is his worst promo. He kept looking at the hard cam, waiting for a signal to see when they're supposed to start wrapping this up. He kept looking at least three or four times. He's looking out there. 
and it just kept going forever. And already they just formed this this rogues gallery of you know I don't know secondary heels, and they're already fired. Already fighting with the mucks each other and disagreeing. I don't know if he's eventually going to get these guys together, and that's the idea. But I don't know. I just I this was another segment that just kept going from going and going and going. It's like just end it. No one cares. All right, and then it. No, no, Nyla, another great one. Not Ty Conti versus Nyla Rose. Like you sign Ty Tynara Conti, and she's already losing on TV. You know, I know she lost on the Deadly Draw, which you know no one saw, but me. And I was just like, but it's a great show. You should watch it because you'll have a great laugh. I, I thought that was an interesting pairing in that she signed there and well, she it was yeah, a good like, story and yeah, then you yeah. put her against your your best person your mm-hmm. best heel i thought yeah. that was kind well, of weird. maybe because she's already starting to wrong people the wrong way from what i'm understanding Jeez. uh yeah there's a reason why they didn't really you know they were really heartbroken when she left up to be so um yeah so well it's but, but still you have a new character and you have her lose on tv to and then i I like Vicky Guerrero. I liked her in the past, but for some reason now, I don't want to see her on my screen. I don't think she really helps Nyla Rose at, at all. And now we're getting this match again. You know, like what they get in their division is pretty, pretty weak. But at least they brought Thunder Rosa back for next week. You know, yep. they're still doing stuff with her. So that's She's cool. defending the NWA title. Yeah, yeah. Might as well. I mean, that's kind of weird. But might as well. Might as well have her stick around and maybe they can come back and do a rematch at the, the next pay-per-view or on the anniversary show. So. All right, so let's talk about the NXT show. So I will start with uh, my like, which was uh, the Bronson Reed-Austin Theory match. Now, I thought there were some goofy things in this match, and I will mention that in my dislikes. But just the fact that Bronson Reed comes in and he's strong and you know he's he uh he's just whatever it is i i'm not exactly sure how to describe it but when i watch him i root for him i want him to do well i i think he's uh he's he's one of those guys who I don't know if he. I don't know if I see him as a little bit of an underdog, but I just see him as someone who I just enjoy watching every week, and I want to see him continue to do well. Like I'm rooting for him, and I don't really root for you know many people. Uh, you know, our our buddy Wade Hagen's going to say, "What about Jungle Boy?" Okay, I root for Jungle Boy, but you know, outside of certain, you know, there's only a couple people who are actually out and out root for to do well, and uh, Bronson Reed is one of those guys. Yeah, no, I, this is on my likes as well. Um, I really like this match. I, I thought, you know, Bronson Reed just, he's, you know, everything's coming together for him. And of course, you know, they kind of, they, they rebooted his character and he's now the col- the coloss- the colossal, right? And um, he looked great. And I also want to give up to Austin Theory. I thought Austin Theory looked really good. I liked how he was, he wasn't, it wasn't the standard pro wrestling bumps you know like he was flopping <laughs> around like a heel which which is great because you don't see that anymore you know he was it was very old school of him in my opinion like he just get I, thrown around i did get, have a, i had a problem with some of them though yeah the one where he took the uh, bionic elbow and bumped forward and stood back i thought that was kind of goofy but other than that that's the only thing i thought was stupid but god like him picking up uh 
Bronson and that fireman's carry and doing the shaky legs. Like, come on, man. He's 20 something years old. He, he shouldn't be even thinking about that yet, right? That's experience. That no, he's, thinking those fine he's, details. he's very talented. He's very, 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 very talented. And I was ex- impressed as hell with his bumping. Like I said, like, I, I haven't seen a heel work like that in a long time. Like I said, a lot of stuff just looks kind of, you know, like everyone, we always say everyone wrestles the same a lot, right? Mm-hmm. He looked really good. I was impressed and made me want to see even more of him. Um, so, and yeah. So, yeah. No, this is all my likes, too. It's definitely not my, not my favorite match of the night, but uh, this was definitely my you know, in my top three. All right. What what else on your likes? Oh, the, you know, the opener. I mean, the, the you know, Finn Balor, Adam Cole was, I thought, tremendous. High level. Pro wrestling match, world championship match, felt important. Um, Finn is tremendous. Adam Cole's great. Uh, referee Tom Casher was awesome. Like uh, that was really cool for him to. Yeah, this have is that. his. This is his big first of the men's division world championship match, and he, you know, he hit a home run, and and you know it takes everyone, and in that match, it's not just the wrestlers. So, and but. I like the pacing. I like the slow build. I enjoyed the three segments of it. I was, the finish came at the right time. I was, I usually don't like guys kicking out of finishers, but I was okay with what they finished with. Cause that was like, what that was like my, like, what are they going to do? Is it going to be like a roll up that I'll be yep. pissed, right? Yeah. But it came up with the, you know, the, the Sunday, Monday, Sunday off the top. Like it, it is, it was, it was awesome. And, you know, and, and they pulled that together that day, and you know, it's like you know, just 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 true pros, man. It was a, it was a great to see. I you know, I was thinking about this, Garrett. I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched too much of the. I watched most of the, the New Japan, the big matches, and everything. But I think for just in ring, my favorite wrestler year might be Adam Cole, hmm. with some of the performances put on this year with you know Keith Lee, this match, um, early in the I mean, you know he's had some other stuff on TV, and you know, um, you know, I mean. I wasn't really high on the Velveteen Dream match, you know, but that was like a cinematic. That was goofy. But other than that, like, yeah, man, I, I've just been really just, it's been a good 2020 for him this year. So he's, he's been. Yeah, I mean, I think he's had a strong year. They obviously have a lot of faith in him to, mm-hmm. to, to be in that oh, role that he Maccabee, is now. The, His last match with TakeOver with uh, Pat McAbee. I mean, that, I mean, doing that match and having that match come out as well as it did. Like, so yeah, I mean, just in ring, I mean, I just, I think he's, uh, he's top tier. Okay, I I agree with you. I thought that it was a good match. I it felt a little anticlimactic to me because of the four way. Now we talked about this before that four way even happened. Where I wanted them to do, I wanted them to extend the tournament, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I I that that's kind of like to make this thing special. Let's get let's get three or four TV shows out of it. Now I know why. They did it the way that they did it. They had that Tuesday unopposed, uh, mm-hmm. the, the two Tuesdays unopposed. And so they they went with the four-way. We didn't get a winner, but we, what we got was a title match. I, I thought the four-way was a little bit more interesting. I don't know if it was a better wrestling match, but it, it kept me on my feet a little bit more than this match did because I think I've seen these guys wrestle a bunch of times. And so I was like, I was kind of with it. I was like, okay, this is really good. This is good. This is good. I was pretty sure Finn was going to win. I didn't think Cole was going to win. And when he won, I was like, yep, that's the right thing. Mm-hmm. Great thing to do. I don't know if I felt a little gypped in a sense where, you know, they did the whole hug thing in the back. I was like, I, I guess, like, you, maybe you guys are now. Because well, Adam Cole's 
Adam Cole's, you know, he's, I mean, he's babyface now, really, but like, it's not official, official, but that's kind of like, okay, he's definitely going to be babyface, and we'll see how that plays in with the Undisputed Era. But, um, uh, yeah, but it's just not, and, and look, I'm, I'm not the guy who says, oh, everything's got to be babyface heel. It's got to be, you got to be on one side or the other. Like, I don't I actually don't believe that. I don't think you have to do that in order to do wrestling well. But I feel like I've seen these guys flip-flop so often without turns, and I'm just like, okay, are you babyfaces or heels? In this match, they wrestled as they both wrestled as babyfaces, and then in the end, they're rest, they're they're babyfaces. So I'm just like, okay, what you know, what are you guys? But um, overall, what you said, it was it was good. I I am interested in who Finn's uh, Finn's next challenger is, and I'm also interested in what's going to happen with Cole because his team is steel heels and he's a good guy. So I don't know if he, if they're going to do a little bit of a longer storyline with uh undisputed era, kind yeah. of not seeing eye to eye. It seems like that's what's going to happen, but still, you know, they, they, they have, they have shows, uh, shows to do you know, they get two hours every week. So mm-hmm. interested to see where they go. Yeah. I think there are going to be some, there's gonna be a breakup with undisputed era. I think, I think it's going to be Kyle O'Reilly and, and Adam Cole. Cause you know, we saw a week ago, I think it was when Kyle O'Reilly was a little more sympathetic to, Drake Maverick getting his ass kicked and then, then, you know, strong and fish wanted to, you know, beat the crap out of him. So he was kind of like, okay, enough, enough, enough. You know, I already beat this guy and you know, and Adam Cole's the baby face that we can see like, you know, so I think, I think that's what's going to be. It's going to split the team up and they're going to, they're going to feud. That, that's my prediction there. But, um, but you know, I know like Finn has flip flopped as a heel. Well, was he a heel on the main roster? No, he's always been baby face. So he's only been a technically, a heel in NXT for a time, then he turned babyface, or he was just—he's kind of like that gray area. Which, but he's more of a babyface, really, in the last like. Well, the last three months, two like, weeks, I think he's been babyface. the last at least the last two weeks. He's been pretty clearly a babyface. Yeah, ever since the whole Velveteen Dream thing, I thought maybe he was. Oh, he was still because Dream at the time was positioned as a babyface. So, um, so I try to God, I gotta think about it when he kind of like flip that to be in but i think finn's kind of on his own island to everyone else yeah. but adam cole's been a whole heel the whole time right he's he's never been a bay face in WWE, so this is new for him the match was worked as a classic wrestling match between two of the very best um i love this spot when he came out of the when cole came out of the corner with that with that shining wizard like that was freaking awesome okay i liked how he didn't connect problem with, it. with that i have a problem with that because of what you're about to say why because he didn't connect fully Yes. So, okay, this is my problem with this match. And and I was going to save this for the dislikes, but I'll, I'll bring it up now. And it was very, very much my problem with the Austin Theory match, even though I liked it. And, and I like this one, too. So it's not like it took away from my like, but uh, Adam Cole missed two big moves. And the only reason I knew that he missed is because right when the move happened, they flipped the camera angle to the one that was furthest away from the action. So I just, okay, something happened. He didn't hit it clean. Fine. I get it. Do you, do I need to see the actual replay of the best camera angle for him to miss it? Like right after, like, is, they, isn't the reason why you show me the, the, the bad version of, of that move is well, to I don't know hide about the, the fact. I don't know about the second we were talking about, but the, but the shining wizard out of the corner, they explained it right away that he didn't get all of it. Okay, but just, then, just then how why, I put then over why, then why switch the then why show me the bad camera angle? 
because they're showing that he barely he got he he got him, but not the full impact. Just like a baseball player, you know, he hits a ball off the end of the bat, but still gets a single. Like he could, if he would have just connected with the meat of the bat, he probably would have got a, a double or, or but, a but, home run. But, right. But the but the producer on the baseball game doesn't give me the behind the camera behind the catcher view so that it doesn't look like he didn't get a good swing. Like that's my problem with it is the producer clearly wanted to show us a different angle so that we don't see the miss, I right? I think you're, you're overthinking. No, no, no. I'm I'm at, I'm absolutely fine with him not hitting it and their explanation. The thing that they're overthinking is the second he does that move because they, because this is an edited show, they know that he missed. So they give us this like this behind view where I can't even tell that he missed outside of the fact that I know they changed the camera is how he missed. But if I'm a casual viewer, I go, oh, cool. He hit the move because I, I can't see otherwise. But then they go through all that effort to give me that angle, which doesn't show the miss. And then they complain about the miss. So it's like, just show me the miss then. Like, they like, didn't complain what's the about it. They're explaining he didn't hit it. That's why he didn't get the pin because it got Finn Balor kicked out of two. Okay, but then show me the move instead of trying to hide it. If you're gonna, if, if you're gonna use it they as a storytelling, hitting it, they showed you that he didn't no, connect it. That's fully. the entire reason they showed that camera angle was to not show the miss. The entire reason, the only reason they, they switched the both. camera. The, the angle that you saw was the side corner view. That what you saw on the match itself. And it it they changed it split second right when the, the camera was fine. And the second that knee was supposed to hit Finn, they switched the camera. The exact second. I watched this with those eyes going like, hmm. why did they do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to say, yeah, he didn't get all of it. Great. I want to see him not get all of it. So that that storytelling is explained, but instead, I, mean, I saw it. He didn't get all of it, but I also thought it was cool because I wasn't expecting to pop out of the the corner with the the shining wizard or whatever he's calling it. The I forget the he calls yeah it. the the flying knee. Like like it's just that thing where I am absolutely fine if someone misses a move. Right? We saw we've seen a hundred uh, or two hundred John Cena matches where he you know he doesn't hit everything perfectly. I'm fine, and then nothing a match shouldn't look clean and perfect. Right? It, it, yeah, it should be. It should have some moments of that explains it. And like I said, that's why he only got a two count. If you hit it, man, he probably got a three count there. And you know, that's, that's and I, I'm fine with that storytelling. If you're not trying to hide the fact that he missed right before that, just show me what happened. So, but he technically did not even miss. He just, he didn't whiff him. It was pretty close to a whiff. But he didn't, though. He didn't whiff him. He got, like, the, he got mean, the top of his head. Maybe. Like, it was, it was no, very did. light. It, yeah. Well, but exactly. But he's still connected because, you know, even at 190, whatever the hell he is. Finn, guy, Finn, Finn's bump was very good for barely being touched. Like, Finn was great bump, but he was barely touched. But I, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I understand wrestling enough, but I still feel like... WWE is like, oh, he missed this move, so we can't show you the miss. And then your announcers basically tell us the miss. Like, if I, if you are, if you really feel he like didn't this miss. is miss, why he saying miss? Because he connected, he, he barely touched him. But if this is a real sport, <laughs> if this is a real sport, we're gonna watch the announcers. Let's say LeBron James 
fouls James Harden. Mm-hmm. And the announcers go, oh, he barely touched him. They're going to say he barely touched him. And there's going to be every possible angle to show you that he barely touched him. Yeah, but that's a controversial foul. This doesn't controversy about this move. He, It's just, like I said, like, like okay, baseball. Okay, then you don't like, need to hide it. Then you should just show it. If it's not controversial in any way, show the normal camera angle that you Are we you really had. arguing about this? <laughs> he literally, they showed the replay. He's still connected on the replay. And... We could tell it didn't hit him com- complete, and it, they explained it. Is, it. it is, That's why he has a two it, count. It is you, absolute WWE overproducing the stuff that I oh, dislike. No. It's Come so on. it's on, so Gary. overproducing. This is on your dislike. The match was good. What happened to the Austin Theory match? <laughs> like, does the bump? The, well, the, the bump does... that you said, the elbow. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, elbow almost misses him. The elbow maybe hit him. It in got the him. Trap. He just he did a forward and roll then instead he, of a, he did, a scoop. He, yeah, he 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 bumped the other way, and I was like. I'm fine with it, but you didn't. Need I to was do hoping that. he would take the big, big old uh, high, you know, bump, big jumping high school boy bump, get caught up in the ropes, his you know, legs in the air, maybe goes to the outside or something, or at least to the apron. I was hoping for that, but whatever. I mean, okay, and, and we're not, we're not on the dislikes, even though this is a dislike. The other thing, the the other small nitpicky thing <laughs> that I had on this show was uh, Roderick Strong and and Killian Dane. I know Roger Crown's a heel. I know he can play chicken shit every once mm-hmm. in a while. I don't like him in that chicken shit role at all. I wish, because he is the technician of NXT, I wish he would uh, would be more a little bit more Benoit-like when he faces these bigger guys. Because I don't, I don't, I don't think he plays a strong chicken shit. I think he plays a strong technician. And if he, like you remember when Benoit would face like these giants, especially when he went to WWE, he's facing all these gigantic guys. Like he's not bumping like a scaredy cat. Like he's having competitiveness because he's a technician, and that's how his he, character was. I saw. I, I didn't like strong kind of you know playing the chicken shit heel stuff. I, I don't think he's great at it. I think he's great at being a technician, and I wish he would wrestle those bigger guys more like someone who can go toe to toe with him, even though he is smaller. I understand what you're saying, but I don't know if Roderick Strong is that mold of a Benoit. Like, he doesn't have that... You know, Benoit, you know, he has that intensity. And and Roddy is intense, but not the Benoit level. Benoit was like... I mean, you nobody, know, no, nobody. No, that no. Level. So but I don't I think I just he, see him more in that vein. Yeah, yeah. I, I can understand what you're talking about. But, you know, Killian's a monster, and, he and you know, he's, you know... And, and, Roger's a lot lighter than him, so him flying around for Killian just totally makes sense to me. But um, it was a nice little match. I, I like that match. It wasn't on my likes, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I like Killian. I think Killian's just a smart worker. He's such a, he's a really, he's really talented. Just putting matches together and psychology and and stuff. So and you know, I like the finish. I like, I like the sell that Killian did when he just kind of crumbled down on the knee. I thought the knee was well timed. So I like that match, but yeah, um, not on my likes, but. All right, last like for me is obviously uh, the cage match. I thought mm-hmm. the cage match was really good. Yeah. I was actually wondering, as I'm watching this, I'm wondering, okay, is John going to like this as much? Because, and and I liked this about the match, they went, they did a lot of high spots. They went to mm-hmm. boom, 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 yeah. plunder, moves, and they, they already have really good chemistry together. Um, so I thought I thought that was good, but I was wondering what you thought because it was more of a plunder kind of match that than you know than 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 they would have had outside of the game. Well, I mean, if it's me, I'm not. I don't like them using 
all the chairs and, and tables, yeah. like when they already have a Nintendo stick, when they already have freaking a cage, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's just modern wrestling. That's like every 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 cage match nowadays is like they got to have the table spot, they have to have the chair spot, a kendo stick, because you know for some reason the screen crew always uses kendo sticks to set the ring up. It's always under there somehow, and you know garbage can lids, etc. Like to me, I remember just because we we grew up, you and I, we you know. A lot of young kids don't don't even remember this, but we grew up when the cage was the gimmick, mm-hmm. right? And oh my god! And and so I think they could have. I think personally, they could have worked a smart match without having having the the tables and the and all the other stuff and you know all the plunder. But but no, I, I mean uh, as a match itself, I liked it because it was intense. They felt like I felt like this. They were trying to kill each other. They wanted there was a there was a there was a genuine feud there. I love the finish. Now it could it didn't have to be the table through it like like I said there's no table it still would have been great because of because the howl that Rhea Ripley made before she delivered that pump handle slams her table like that stuff's just that's the stuff that's oh this gets me going mm-hmm. like I want you know instead of like that blank going through it to finish it like no she is working she is so good she is so above her age and experience level it is she is a natural man she is a she is fantastic, and Mercedes is a longtime veteran, and they were, you know, she she was there for everything, and um, yeah, no, this is my, this is my second favorite match tonight. It's like, like I said, I like really like the show a lot because they booked in these two great matches, and um, it was uh, you know, some of the stuff in the middle I had a little issue with, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. All right, let's get to those uh, those negative moments because well, I have a I have a, I have oh, a you have a fourth like, a fourth yeah line. yeah. I enjoyed the vignettes of both Timothy Thatcher. I, I love his stuff. That that was good. That was good. And I love the vignette of Brizongo and Imperium setting no, up the I, I was I was out. I'm rooting for the heels in that match. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for a good match because they had a great match last time. So, but I like. I mean, there was a little moment of comedy in that vignette segment with Brizongo because it's okay for their character because they are a little goofy. But like when he throws the belt over his shoulder, and it falls. I, I thought that was kind of funny, but like. For the most part, it does end up being a serious, you know, thing. Building up a title match and some shit talking, and you know, Perium's so straightforward and and so focused. And you have the you know, little you know little fun and games with Brisongo that kind of you know, that just gets under the skin of Imperium. So yeah, yeah I, I like, so you know, W, you know, they always do a really well job with vignettes. So except well, <laughs> except what I'm going to talk about this. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the worst acting i've seen on wrestling television in my life this is because no one's into it i don't believe in my heart that these two girls are into it i know what we're talking about. we're talking about candace larry tegan <laughs> right number one yes it was right off the bat when i saw it i'm like number one boom like i'm this sucks this freaking sucks i don't know who's writing it i don't know i i don't know how they're, they're putting this on like no one cares like tegan's laughing like, should she be upset when the Sally gets thrown on her or or whatever? Like, yeah, no, go ahead, man. <laughs> I, was, I was, I agree. Whatever you say, I didn't like. So, it. okay, so I I think this is um I don't think this is unfair to say that what they were asked to do was a little bit over their pay, you know, their their pay grade. When you're asking, when you're asking, you you could ask Bailey and Sasha to do this, right? Because Bailey and Sasha are so into their characters, they know each other's characters, 
and they they get the entire emotion of the thing. Tegan looks so uncomfortable. Like like there was even like Johnny Gargano was over the top and goofy, and I didn't like it either. But I got it because he was like, "Okay, we're doing this skit. Like it has to be over the top." I actually thought Gargano was the best part of the skit. Yeah, he was. Skit. The, he was absolutely yeah, the best yeah. part. It played to his character now, like just totally over the top, like you said, goofy. But but, but yeah. that's what he had to do because he was given you know not not great stuff, and so. The both of them, either they didn't like what it was and so they just couldn't do it, or you know maybe like you said they didn't believe in it. But if even if you don't believe in it, if you do, you're gonna have to do it on TV, so why don't you try to be a little bit more over the top and and sell some of the stuff? The only thing I sensed from Tegan was she absolutely hates this part of her job. Like that's the only thing that I saw in this whole skit. Yeah, and it was so bad. Yeah, this is well. One thing I think Johnny was so better, he stood out because he just has more experience, right? You know, with this kind of stuff, as you know, he's done stuff, and yeah. But like Tegan and 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 you know, the candidates are green with it. Um, But Tegan, like I said, this this doesn't this doesn't make sense because they've already had a match. Mm -hmm. They've already they've they've already fought. Like I mentioned last week, Candice LeRae has already thrown her into steps in a match, so. So, like, if they would have teased this earlier, like, before, like, they don't want, you know, even though Ken is a heel, she doesn't want to beat up her friend or whatever. They, you know, she, it's a diff- you know, she wrestles differently with her. She wants a more scientific match with her compared to the other girls who she'll cheat and do et cetera too. But no, I mean, she's already tried, done devious stuff to Tegan. Yeah. So, yeah. you just make Tegan look like a, the biggest idiot by, like, going there and trusting her and it's just, just, just dumb, man. And then I even forgot. I even forgot about the pizza incident that Tegan did before. And they brought it up, and I'm like, "There's another thing that they've already had some issues. Mm-hmm. She's already trying to mess with the Garganos, and mm-hmm. they try to like, you know, quickly like, you know, brush that in the rug. But like, okay, yeah, it's all water on the bridge, no big deal, you know. Da, da, da. I do find it funny though that Jockstrap is still on the, is still on the the, the table. I just think that's kind of funny, but yeah, no, but God, this this is not my not my. This sucked. You know the other thing, and this is kind of mean. <laughs> okay. So Johnny Gargano and Candice, that is supposed to be their home. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I lived in that home when I was like 21 years old, and they're supposed to be wrestling superstars. Now, this I, is I a think, vacation home. Okay. Me. And maybe, right? <laughs> but when I saw their place, I was like, eh, it's... It's cool, like, it, but it's not like this superstar. Well, is this like in your house set? I don't know. <laughs> is this the same play in your house? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah because maybe when they, it was. Unless it was just chopped up film, like you know, there's no real back door. You know, obviously they. Because when they do these skits with the house, I'm like, okay, like this is an okay house, but not for like this wrestling superstar, you know. But I guess well, you can't. Like, you can't really rent mansions. It's a or new stuff. development in Florida. It's kind of like the San Francisco layout where everything kind of goes up, you know. So that's why. I was upset about the TV, man. That looked like a nice TV. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will go next. Um, the Aaliyah, Shotzi, Robert Stone <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we're on the same page with everything. Yeah, so, the, so, okay, we're, so... We're there, we're there. So, so here's the thing that bothered me the most. Okay, one, I, I thought it made EO and Aaliyah kind of look like goofballs a little bit because the way that this skit is set up is Shotzi is like 
going towards Aaliyah and Aaliyah's got to go through the curtain. And what she's supposed to do is she's supposed to bump into EO and trip and fall. I'm not exactly sure if she hit anybody. She did take the bump, but it looked like she just took the bump to take the bump. But it was just like they that I feel like they could have done a much better take at what they mm-hmm. were trying to do, but it just looked like you know some randomness in it, and it didn't look like they exactly had that skit or had that segment actually uh, the the best version of that, and and so it just looked really JV, which is not usually the way that you see WWE TV done, and it wasn't live, so you know I they, they could have done multiple takes, but that whole thing just looked super convoluted, and I I don't imagine that that was exactly what they wanted out of that segment. Yeah, I didn't like how they got into this. Just all this for just to set up a match with EO and Shotzi. I just thought it was too contrived. And like she just kind of like bumps into her EO, knocks her down. Like EO's pissed. Now that both girls are upset with Aaliyah. And then it leads to, you know, just because Shotzi held the belt up. And now EO's like, that's my title. Mm-hmm. And I know even EO is kind of like that. Which is great for her diversity as a character. You kind of you can do whatever you want with her. You can have her wrestle heel. You can wrestle baby face. And she kind of can do both. But I just wish they could have done something different, like where maybe EO is wrestling on this show, a non-title match with Aaliyah, and Robert Stone tries to interfere, and here comes Shotzi, but Shotzi, you know, somehow misses and connects with EO or pisses EO off somehow, you know, that kind of old old shtick. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's old and it's done many times before, but shit, it works, you know. And that's when EO's pissed, and now she slaps Shotzi and whatever. And, you know, they could have done something simple like that. I know they're trying to do something different. They want to do this the standard stuff, but sometimes, you know, the old way is not a bad way. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious about that match, though, for next week because, you know, Shotzi is, you know, big chance. Very, big chance, very limited, but a lot of charisma, great look, as we always talk about. EO's fantastic, so we'll we'll uh, we'll see what they can do. And the only other thing, this whole show, I'm just thinking, why would anybody want to be with Robert Stone? Like, he's <laughs> the biggest doofus in, in the entire show. I know. It's, it's getting, I mean, I know that's his role, but it's getting too long with it. Like, just get him someone serious. Well, we thought we had Mercedes, but it looks like that's already gone. So, um, you know, let's. Let's do something. Do something for that guy. Like get him in a role where, if he's gonna get get beat up, like spread it out to when it means something. You know, every week I'm just bored of it. Like that. I think last week was the last. Um, he got hit with the 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 tra- uh, the, the tank. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So like and I said last week, I'm over it at this point. I mean, um, you have to show his ass every show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, when I was a manager. I didn't bump for a long time. It loses. Know, so it loses its its effectiveness when he yeah. loses, shows his ass every week. Yeah, exactly. I, that's why and I was very protective of that, you know, and the bookers at the time were idiots and they were trying to, they just thought it was funny. They just bumped the manager every match. I'm like, no, you can't do that. And then lucky I had, you know, the promoter, the owner of my side, Roland Alexander, he was an old school guy, thank God. And he was like, no, you know, Dr. Ken Remy never got bumped until the end of the program <laughs> and that's not going to happen here. And I'm like, thank God, Roland. Cause he, and, uh, and, uh, and then, then, then who Dr. Ken Remy was back then? And, <laughs> and then well, Roland did because he went to Cow Pal shows all the time. And I knew it because I know wrestling history. But I was like, I was sitting there like, I was sitting there thinking like, thank you, Roland. Thank God. God bless you. And like, and why the hell you hire these fucking idiots to run beat booking? Because they're stupid as hell, right? So 
That's a whole nother story for another time for my book. Anyways, um, <laughs> all right, uh, I, I, I gave all my dislikes uh, all all the way down to the nitpicks. So what? It, what oh, is it? Oh, my last else? one was just the. Uh, I see what they're going with it, but I think it's a stupid way to go about it. Is the Killian Dane, Drake Maverick stuff? Yeah, they're going to team. Obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. But they this having Drake Maverick two times now try to <laughs> try to like shake hands with Killian Dane and just get punched in the face and look like a total he, he was a great baby face coming out of that angle and I'm yeah, not sure anymore yeah. I don't know what the, this I know they're this seems like I mean from what I could tell they're doing an odd couple baby face tag team right and that's you know he but what I mean what's Drake Maverick gonna do to earn Killian's respect I don't know yet we'll see if that's the if that's the route they're going I just I just don't like that way because I He's just gonna be labeled as a geek, right, going forward, and so that that was my third dislike. All right, well, that is it for us on this evening, and you know, for those of you who are interested in in New Japan, one thing I forgot to mention is that in addition to this challenge that we're doing, I'm gonna try to get Chris Samsa on the show for Monday. Not a done deal. He and I still have to figure things out, but I think he's interested in coming on and talking about this the the brackets and talking about the matchups. I think we'll have the matchups by then. And uh and you know, a little bit of history. He's he's a stats guy when it comes to this stuff. He's very knowledgeable about New Japan. So just a little bit of a tease possibly for the next show. And I'm also I also, of course, always want to get Big Dave's thoughts. So we'll we'll see if I can if I can get his thoughts on uh on the G one as well. So uh John and I will also be back on Monday though. We'll have our uh WCW Saturday night segments. We've got to do two this week. So we'll have uh for Monday, we'll do two segments for the I think it's the 12th and the 5th. Those are the September 12th and September 5th of 1992 WCW Saturday Night. So we'll be back on Monday with those. Uh, for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. All right. The wait is over. Football is back. As we've talked about, we can't do a show without talking about our friends at Bet Online. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action. Well, unless you were in uh, Kansas City, you may you may actually get to go to a game. Uh, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> 